Good morning, everybody. You are listening to A Cup of St. Joe, where I serve you an espresso shot of teaching and devotion to St. Joseph during Pope Francis's Year of St. Joseph. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Father Alan Alexander. He is a priest of the Marians of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Just a little bit about recording today. You might hear some chainsaws in the background. You might hear some beeping because, of course, technology and microphones are very high tech and can pick up aerial sounds. So we're taking down some trees as we record this today, and uh, you'll hear some of that. I'll try my best to mute my mic so that you won't hear that and that it won't take away from what Father Allen shares with us. So without further ado, welcome, Father Allen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. It's always great to talk with the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. In fact, when I was discerning a priestly vocation, I thought about joining the Marians. I went on a come and see weekend, went out to Washington, D.C. as well to visit the congregation and to learn more about them. And lots of people might not know who the Marians are, but they know who some Marians are. And so they they know who Father Donald Calloway is, especially because this is the year of St. Joseph. And he wrote the Consecration of St. Joseph. He was on the Cup of St. Joe very early on as a way to talk about consecration to St. Joseph. People know about Father Michael Gately, who gave us 33 days to morning glory and merciful love and so forth. So a prolific writer himself. And Father Chris Alar, also a, a wonderful mission preacher and has been doing a lot in social media. So people, I think, might know priests of your community. They might not necessarily know about the Marians, but could you just share a little bit about your religious community and perhaps even what drew you to them? Sure. Uh, it's a very significant time for our community right now, um, not just being in the year of St. Joseph, um, but we were we were founded officially in 1673. Um, but Father Stanislaus, our founder, made what was called an oblatio, right? His intention to found the community in 1670. And so since uh, 2020, we've been celebrating this jubilee uh, of um, 350 years as a community uh, with that initial intention to found a community under the devotion of the Immaculate Conception, even before the dogma was proclaimed, uh, and to uh, pray for the souls in purgatory. And that was something that is highlighted in the message of St. Faustina. And uh, St. Joseph is the patron saint of the dying. And St. Stanislaus Pepsinski, uh, who was canonized uh, just a few years ago, um, our founder, he had a devotion to praying not only for the souls in purgatory, but also for those who are dying, especially on the battlefield uh, and as a result of disease. Um, but in uh, 2000, uh, the, the Divine Mercy message and devotion um, became front and center when John Paul II uh, proclaimed Divine Mercy Sunday for the Universal Church and canonized St. Faustina. And that's when I first learned about Divine Mercy. Uh, I was growing up in my hometown, in my home parish, uh, and there was a family at the parish who uh, began leading the chaplet, uh, praying the novena, and singing the Divine Mercy message and devotion. And by that time, I had already wanted to be a priest, uh, but I was trying to figure out where God was calling me to be a priest. I already had a firm love for Mary uh, and a love for the souls in purgatory. But I was drawn by this message of mercy because it was so meaningful for me. Middle school and high school were some rough times. 
And I found real consolation in the merciful heart of Jesus. Uh, and because of that, uh, I wrote to the address on the back of a Divine Mercy pamphlet. And, and I said, do you have any vocations information? Uh, and back then, Father Anthony Gramlich, who's now, I think, director of the Shrine in Stockbridge, uh, he was vocations director right before, a few years before Father Don Calloway took over um, and got into conversations and long story short, because it is a long story. Uh, after college, I uh, entered formation for the Marians. I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, participated in their priestly discernment program. Uh, and then after graduation, I entered for official formation uh, with the Marians. But it was really divine mercy that drew me there, but then also their charisms of, of Mary, especially defending and promoting the Immaculate Conception and praying for the deceased. Uh, that was always something that had been close to my heart. Um, and it's a founding charism of the Marians. So, you know, I see a connection, as you mentioned, and kind of jumping ahead a little bit in my little notes for our conversation, but worth uh, our attention, I think, is that the connection of divine mercy and St. Joseph, and you, you mentioned it, you know, the patron of the dying. And uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet is recommended to be prayed uh, by Jesus as he talks with St. Faustina as it's related to us in the Diary of Divine Mercy. Mm -hmm. And so it's efficacious for the souls of those who are dying. So not only do you have St. Joseph, who we pray to for a happy and a holy death, well, then you have the Divine Mercy Chaplet that can sanctify one at one's death. And then you also have the Rosary, in which we've always asked Mary through the Hail Mary to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. So really you have the convergence really of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. And in the diary of St. Faustina, there are only four references to St. Joseph. And two of them, it's referring to him as the holy old man. The third one, so actually the two holy old man ones are paragraph 608 and 846. 1442 mentions Joseph who was asleep praying, he was praying as well, or Joseph who was also praying. This was a, a vision that Faustina had of the nativity. But we see that when Faustina talks about Joseph, it's always in a vision and she always sees him with Mary and Joseph. So the holy family is always together. The last reference comes in notation number 204. And there was a prayer that the congregation of sisters of St. Faustina uh, that the, the sisters that she belonged to, that they prayed every day to St. Joseph. But I really do think there is this connection then and how beautiful your order with Father Calloway promoting devotion to St. Joseph and with Father Stanislaus, St. Stanislaus, his devotion to praying for the Holy Souls. We see this all come together, kind of the beauty of our Catholic tradition all coming together in one place. I guess, do you have any further thoughts about St. Joseph and Divine Mercy and Faustina? Yeah, I recently gave uh, some parish missions, which incorporated the two themes. And one of the connections that I think you make in your Stations of the Cross uh, that I made throughout the, um, throughout the missions that I preached this year was this connection that, that everything in his human nature, Jesus was taught through Mary and Joseph. And this would have included because... Uh, from, you know, the evidence that we have from scripture, there's no references to Joseph once he began his public ministry. 
that that he died sometime before that and that G Mary and Joseph would have been there as St. Joseph died. And so, you know, Jesus learned to die from his father, you know, from St. Joseph. And how much that, when we think about that, that God chose to become a human, a human, take to take on, sorry, don't want to slip into heresy. Ja, uh, Jesus chose to take on a human nature, right, to become a man. And by doing so, he allowed himself to be taught in his human nature by human beings. Uh, and the first and foremost being St. Joseph and the Blessed Mother. And he stood by, in a sense, the cross of his father Joseph with Mary, who would later stand at his cross. And, and that reality is just so profound, the way in which we can only assume he must have died. Uh, with such trust in God, that same trust that he manifested, you know, when um, when he didn't at first feel worthy to be the father of Jesus, but yet when the Lord made it clear, this is my will, he did it. When he had to go into Egypt to protect his son, he did it. Like he just followed the will of God. Uh, and then we see the same thing, this theme of trust and following the will of God throughout the diary of Faustina. Um, and I think that we can properly say um, the Marian fathers referred to Jesus uh, as mercy incarnate, right? And so therefore, uh, then we can call St. Joseph then the guardian of mercy, right? Because he's the guardian of mercy itself. You know, the word made flesh who dwelt amongst us. Uh, and so he, in a certain sense, he, he protected Jesus uh, in the womb of Mary and in the house at Nazareth in the flight into Egypt. And so then he's a special protector of mercy. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you, and it's interesting how these little shows, Cup of St. Joe, come about. Usually as I'm scouring the internet, I see people that have written about St. Joseph. And I'm like, oh, let's talk to them. Let's Let's take what they've written and and uh, talk about it a bit further. Or, you know, in your case, you actually reached out to me through Instagram and you said, hey, I just saw that you wrote these stations of St. Joseph and I was wondering if you'd be okay if I use them at a mission that I'm leading. And so then we went back and forth. And uh, of course, right now we're in the novena of divine mercy that Jesus, again, appearing to St. Faustina and she relates it to us in the diary, asked for this novena of divine mercy, nine days of prayer, going from Good Friday to the second Sunday of Easter. And that's really why I thought it was important for us to talk today uh, with you, to talk with the Marian Father, to talk about divine mercy and Saint Faustina. But that's so beautiful what you mentioned about Joseph being the guardian of mercy incarnate. You know, not something that I've considered before. So I'm sure that's new for some of us uh, who are hearing it, but a beautiful sentiment uh, nonetheless. What has the role of St. Joseph been like in your own life and your own you know, devotion, perhaps growing up and now as a priest? How has that come alive, I guess, especially during this year of St. Joseph? Yeah, well, for me particularly, um, my middle name is Joseph. And so um, St. Joseph has always been somebody that I've considered spiritually close to me. Uh, when I was growing up and it came time for confirmation and I was considering, you know, what saint I wanted to be my patron, I, I didn't choose another one, 
right? Because I felt that St. Joseph was the one uh, that God had given me. And so I didn't take a new name for confirmation. I just kept that St. Joseph. And, and I think that like, it, as I, you know, went into college and then seminary and just started to really study, right? The theology behind uh, Mary and Joseph, behind their, their union, right? In marriage, even though they didn't have physical union, that the intensity of their spiritual union uh, and how that really drew me into the idea, you know, Father Donald Calloway participated in a book uh, in which he wrote about the theology of the body in St. Joseph, I think, or something like that. And uh, I maybe got the two titles confused, but there's something and there's articles um, that you can find out where different people talk about um, the mystery of Joseph's fatherhood, but also the mystery of the marriage uh, between Mary and Joseph, and I wrote a paper. Um, I wrote a paper in seminary for a class uh, on Mariology, with like, it, but it also included. I don't know if we said Josephology, but like, it was part of the class. And uh, you know that if, if there isn't that that branch of theology, there should be because uh, Joseph is just amazing. And I wrote on how Jesus can be considered the fruit of the marriage of Mary and Joseph. Uh, because it it hadn't like before I began to reflect on that role and the unique role of the priesthood and how the father or how the fatherhood of the priesthood is spiritual and how the fatherhood of Saint Joseph is is fruitful, right? That like there are fruits of the priesthood and, and Saint Joseph, um, the father is the priest of the home, right? And 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 the domest domestic church. And St. Joseph, right, is the priest of the Holy Family, right? And I mean, Jesus is a priest, but, but as, as, as Jesus is a child, as he's growing up and he's uh, developing his human nature, right, as intercessor, as, uh, you know, the, three, the threefold office, right, uh, of priest, prophet, and king in the Holy Family until Jesus begins his public ministry, that's fulfilled by Joseph, he fulfills those roles for Christ and, you know, that their gift, the gift of virginity and chastity that Mary and Joseph gave to God and to one another, right, provided the, like, the place for the Christ to become incarnate. And without that free gift of self, it would not have been fitting for Jesus to take on flesh in the womb of Mary. And so, Although it can't be said that way, you know, um, in any other case, but that, yes, it was by the Holy Spirit that Jesus became incarnate in the womb of Mary, but that was not without the gift of themselves to each other and to God uh, that Mary and Joseph made um, in, in, in their unique marriage. And, and I think that that, for me, has been a real strength in understanding my priesthood and how I'm called to unite myself to the church and unite myself to Christ in such a way that God is able to make it fruitful. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that's been really a consolation to me uh, and a deeper understanding, uh, especially of the practice of celibacy uh, within the priesthood.
Well, I can affirm you that there is a field of theology called Josephology. One of the great Josephologists was Francis Phylus, and Father Calloway actually can enumerate a lot of the Italian Josephologists, uh, even to this very day. So, so it is a branch, and people have studied it, and and uh, there was a, a marvelous article I read when I was in the seminary. I actually dabbled a little bit in Josephology. I wrote on the marriage of Joseph and Mary and trying to understand that. You know, you talked about Mary, or you talked about Joseph, rather, in the priesthood. And uh, there was this beautiful homily for the Chrism Mass. And I actually used it for a part of my Holy Thursday homily. But when I reflected on Joseph, and of course, I did this in the Stations of the Cross. How do you reflect on a man who wasn't at the stations? Well, how do you reflect on a man who never received the Eucharist for Holy Thursday? But uh, Mike Aquilina had a marvelous chapter in his book, uh, Joseph and His World, that said that Joseph would have taught Jesus prayer, that Joseph would have taught Jesus Passover prayer and handed that on uh, to his son, Jesus. Archbishop Eamon Martin from Ireland in his chrism mass talked about how Joseph was a model for priests. And he listed, you know, several different attributes of that. And uh, I, I ended up turning what Bishop Martin said into an invitation to the faithful saying, pray for your priests that this might happen. So there is this connection and what a wonderful gift that we have this year of St. Joseph that we are able to look at and see how Joseph can have a greater role in the practice of our Catholic faith and of our devotional life. And, and we're seeing that. We see that as we mentioned earlier with divine mercy and, and uh, all the other devotions as well. So what's your favorite devotion to St. Joseph, Father? Well, I think that, uh... I mean, when I was in the parish, uh, I had two parishes in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, that was my first assignment. I was there and I was introduced to the practice, had never heard of it before, of something called St. Joseph's Table. Uh, and so this is, uh, I know, um, I know of it predominantly amongst the Italians. I'm not sure if there's probably maybe other cultures that do something similar, but the idea is that, you know, on, Leading up to the Feast of St. Joseph, people make all kinds of food and, and prepare things, and there's different levels, and, and there's this big statue to St. Joseph, and it's a communal meal, but it's also about providing for the poor. And like there's you you collect food and everything, and so that there's more of an abundance by sharing. We celebrate St. Joseph and his care over us and the church, but also for the poor. And, and because Jesus was chose to be born in poverty, uh, and yet, uh, you know, he was a royal king. And, and how St. Joseph reminds us that everything that we have received is a gift, right? That he was unworthy to receive uh, Jesus. Um, and so we, we, in response to that, you know, th this idea of St. Joseph's table, I just like so, so beautiful, um, and just the way that the community would come together and everybody would cook different things and we would give to the poor. It would just be this beautiful um, celebration in honor of St. Joseph. Now, of course, Father Calloway, a member of your religious community that you belong to, uh, he wrote this consecration of St. Joseph. I'm sure you probably have had the chance to go through it uh, to make that consecration. Um, what was one of the things that maybe most impressed you by that or something memorable from that 33-day process of 
going through uh, and meditating on the life of St. Joseph in, in various aspects. Well, yeah, one of the things that uh, I was actually doing it during Lent this year, um, and there was something that really stood out to me that I'd never really thought about before. Um, and it, and I think that one of the things that I, I sometimes struggle with is, is not uh, of wondering whether or not what God has given me to do or maybe that other people have given me to do is not enough, right? That like I should be doing something else, that there's a lot of suffering in the world. There's a lot of, you know, I was very involved in the pro-life movement at one time in my life. Um, and it's like there are, you know, and, and going through the recent, um, you know, political scene in, in regards to that is, is just, but like knowing that there are all these children um, in the world dying of abortion, that people are starving everywhere, um, you know, that there's just all this pain and suffering. Um, and uh, I can't do something about it all. And I never really related this to the flight in Egypt before, um, but I was meditating upon like Joseph leaving uh, Egypt with uh, Mary. And at some point in the, in the consecration, there was a reflection that noted that like that they probably heard like the cries and the like um you know the wailing as they left you know as they were fleeing into egypt that they were aware of the fact that herod was going through and killing all the other children or all the other male children in order to try to kill jesus and I just had this experience in prayer where I just, I imagine St. Joseph feeling like I do sometimes, right? Like having this, like, again, I, I believe that he had this fullness of grace, but in his human humanness, just this pain of like, you know, maybe there was a thought that crossed his mind, like maybe instead of fleeing to Egypt, I should be grabbing a sword and like protecting all those babies, Right. And, and stopping Herod from the evil that he's doing. Right. Because it's an evil. But yet God said, no, flee to Egypt. I want you to protect this one child. You know, and then I, and as I did that, like Joseph was faithful to what God asked of him. And he could have had no idea in that moment that one day there would be a feast of the holy innocents. And that like that was merited through the death of the son that he saved. You know, and, and how I think that we have sometimes, uh, or at least I know I could grow in trusting that whatever the Lord has given me to do, that if I do it faithfully, then the fruit, that the fruit is up to God, right? And that if he can, you know, who knows in the, in the grand scheme of eternity, how what he's asking me to do will have an effect on all the other things that I think that I should be doing. Uh, and that humbleness, that humility and that obedience uh, is just something that I felt that I'm more called to do and to not, you know, want to crucify everybody else uh, or, or rather to like, because we look at the world and there are a lot of people doing a lot of harm. Uh, and yet, you know, my, my concern, right, needs to be for the task that Jesus put in front of me. And, and not worrying about Herod and not worrying about all those other babies, even though like I can pray for them, you know, but like that, all that situation, you know, God's going to take care of that. 
but he, he but you know th that's on Herod but like he gave me the baby Jesus I mean well you know but like every because every soul entrusted to me is Christ right every person that God puts in my path today is Jesus Christ you know and so whatever I do to the least of these mm. right I do to him and so like for me to say it's not enough that I had one student that stopped by my office all week or that it's not enough that you know only two kids came to pray the rosary or that it's not enough that like it, that's like me saying well it's, it's not enough Jesus that I can do this for you mm. you know and and to really like you know how Joseph was humble and obedient and what fruit that is had and is still having in the church uh, and that I think that we need to trust more and to really surrender and, and again, take after the example of St. Joseph. Yeah, you offered a very beautiful reflection there on multi-levels. And what I think I really take away from that is, you know, never would I have considered Joseph, what he thought of the holy innocence and fleeing into Egypt and maybe him wanting to rise up and to help in that situation. And so I think what you really show there, especially for people who are trying to navigate the spiritual life, trying to understand how can I pray more with the scriptures? Well, that's a way that we begin to imagine something else. And maybe we consider something that we've never considered before, that we can take the scriptures and use them for our meditation and for our prayer. And in the sacred scriptures, we do meet St. Joseph. So, Father Allen, it's been great speaking with you today, especially about your congregation, about St. Faustina and the connection of Faustina and Joseph and Divine Mercy as we continue to prepare for the Feast of Divine Mercy and that forgiveness that Jesus won for us on the cross by his death and that mercy that he continues to give to each one of us, especially when we celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So thanks again for being with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind a diary. Um, I think it was it. Uh, oh, the, I've got different numbers, so it's pro I've got the the not the the but Saint Faustina in the diary. Saint Joseph asks her to have constant devotion to him, uh, and she asks her to pray. Um, he says she says the three prayers, and then the memorari to Saint Joseph. Um, so I thought maybe we could end. Um, you know, with those three prayers. Uh, that would be the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be, uh, and then the Memorari to St. Joseph in honor of St. Joseph's request to St. Faustina. That's great. I'll let you lead that and to lead that prayer. Thank you. Uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Remember, O most pure spouse of Mary, and my dearly beloved guardian, St. Joseph, 
that never was it known that anyone who invoked your care and requested your help was left without consolation. Inspired by this confidence, I come to you with all the ardor of my spirit. I commend myself to you. Do not reject my prayer, O foster father of the Savior, but graciously receive and answer it. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to a cup of St. Joe today, in which we served an espresso shot of teaching about St. Joseph and also devotion to St. Joseph. I invite you to stay tuned now as we pray the litany of St. Joseph. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph, most just, pray for us. Joseph, most chaste, pray for us. Joseph, most prudent, pray for us. Joseph, most courageous, pray for us. Joseph, most obedient, pray for us. Joseph, most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we now venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen.